This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello, and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today I am winging my way to New York City, along with my beautiful and talented partner, Trevor Keyson, as we go to the Full Figured Fashion Awards to see if we Full Figure Fashion Industry Awards. Sorry, I messed that up. <laughs> to see if we won. An award. Yeah. We we could we, we were nominated. Mm-hmm. There was a nomination. Listeners voted for us, which was like, thank you for that. We'll yeah. thank you. Let you know what happens. Trevor, who are you? I'm Trevor Kazon, <laughs> award nominated <laughs> Super Chub. And I'm uh on my way to New York with my husband, and it's gonna be a gay old time. Gay old time. <laughs> we're going to our old haunts. And some of them are still open and in business because <laughs> it's our first trip to New York yeah. since the pandemic. That's right. Oh, wow. That's been a while. Has been a while. Has been a while. God, my bones time. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Michael Willer. I am a chubby chaser and time is a flat circle, everyone. Also, this is our second episode of the Day Vibes, which is very different from our normal second episode <laughs> of the Day Vibes. It is. So no caffeine for me today. You're going to feel it. Don. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I have so many things inside my body fighting for dominance right now. I've got beer in me. I've got a sandwich in me. I've got seven different types of candy corn and caramel. Yeah. And Let's just say you wouldn't want to turn him inside out. No, it would be, not be a pretty <laughs> sight right now. And I'm Pretty much vibrating until the alcohol kicks in. So, if you want the candy corn, yeah, if you want to see us do a little candy corn taste test, uh, that video is now on Patreon. It was a blind taste test, so we yes. had to try and guess the flavors. Well, I wasn't blind until we'd had that last flavor. <laughs> <laughs> that just knocked my just, vision out of my body. Bomb. Yeah, it was uh, intense. Yeah, but intense th- is a good word for th- it. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, our um, bigger city, bigger city, everyone who finds a way to support us, even just by listening. That's you, listener. Thank you. Kiss on your forehead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, should we just dive on in? Yeah, let's do it. I vote for diving. Doing a big New York dance. Live from the big. Here comes Trevor in on the knee slide across the stage. (sighs) Jazz hands. On ABC. Uh, ABC Australia. ABC. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, they yeah, would actually be like, worried about extra this. letters here. <laughs> uh, AI beauty filters on Instagram and TikTok are causing harm in more ways than one. Um, which, on the one hand, it's kind of like duh, but they go into a lot of reasons why that you may not have thought of. Yes, um, which is quite interesting. I mean, well, I was going to say the it, it is. You would think like, oh yeah, it's distorting people's. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to show up and not look but, amazing. But what I really thought was interesting is yourself like you you look at yourself and you don't look as good as the filter and it makes you feel bad about yourself that you don't look as good as this artificially generated filter Mm -hmm. what the issue is is that they're using them so often and they're that's how they see themselves even more often than they do in a mirror than in the window than in photos so when they start seeing themselves without the filter their self-image is getting damaged because they're seeing themselves as less attractive than they're used to seeing themselves yeah and uh, the, the, there's a second 
aspect of this. So we're talking about AI filters. So of course, AI needs to gather its information from somewhere. Mm-hmm. How does AI determine what beauty filters should look like? What does it do to a person's face to make it beautiful? Mm-hmm. And it's pulling, you know, it has to source data from somewhere and it's pulling from thousands and thousands and thousands of assets of what um, staff members have determined to be beautiful photos. Well, that's it. The staff members, there's another word for that. Basically, digital sweatshops. Yeah. These mm-hmm. people paid dollars a day yeah. to comb through piles of photos of like beautiful, not beautiful, beautiful, not beautiful. Swipe beautiful, left, swipe beautiful. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they're determining they're determining what is going to look good yeah. for you. How the, how is the algorithm going to take, you know, this and yeah. amalgamate them. And there are certain things that it automatically ends up doing right off the bat, which is like all of a sudden nobody has freckles anymore. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden people are thinner. People are younger. Whiter. 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 With blue eyes. Yep. Um, well, it's interesting with the freckles thing because there was a point, I feel like it was like two years ago or something where like freckles were in. It's like freckles are in. People <laughs> are putting artificial freckles on. They were selling like makeup to do kind of like little freckle staining. Paints. And then also uh, there were a lot of freckle filters. So related to this, it's not just the beauty filters. There's also, I mean, there's obviously a lot of um, AI at work at this point. TikTok has a meme maker as yes. well. So you take a picture of yourself and it creates a <laughs> meme out of you and it's supposed to be fun and charming. But if, <laughs> this meme maker is has a, a shock and surprise, a bit of anti-fat bias. <laughs> the <laughs> Who the example, so this, uh, this one influencer who's a little fat, I guess. She's fat. Um, put a picture of herself like smiling, standing uh, in the beach in a sunset. She looks beautiful. Um, And the meme that it made is, you know, she's smiling, but the meme above her, the text is, wow, this quarantine has really messed up my summer body. That's what it made. Yeah. 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 And so this is again where, you know, we're, it, it's just going to take what we feed it and Mm. spit out the rest of the content. Um, And so, you know, you just, you get evidence of this on platforms like TikTok, Instagram, to less Although, but that know, implies that like the average comment on the internet would be negative. Like, <laughs> that doesn't John, sound shock, right. Shock, that doesn't shock. sound right at all. No, but it, you know, what, you know, when you say like, it just is what Welcome you feed it. to the internet. It reminds me of like Frankenstein when the villagers go after the monster. It's like, no, we created that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mad at it. <laughs> the only practical thing to do is just have the knowledge that this is just such a skewed, insane perspective on, on us as people. Yeah. And, you know, walk and like walk into the, you know, AI meme maker, knowing if you're a fat person, that is probably going to say something horrible about you. And if you're fine with that, if you think it's still funny, then go for it. But just know, I don't know. I think we just need to, it's time to take the AI, take it into the woods (laughs) <laughs> just like for a beautiful sunset. It went to AI sh- heaven. Take the shotgun. And <laughs> Tell me about the robots. Looks far <laughs> off. Tell me about the robots. We're getting to the point where it's like, it, like AI is taking the fun jobs. <laughs> Even just like, oh, yeah. the, like the AI, AI yeah. is just keeps popping off and there it, people are starting to make like, you know, fat guy AI. I mean, I would say like soft core porn. Really? Um, like barely, barely. And it's yeah. like, like there's erotica. actual fat guys that are hot that are putting <laughs> pictures up for you. No, it's not that. It's that with the AI, you can get chasers to show up in the same picture with them, <laughs> which is unheard of in the real world. And that's why we need AI. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. That's some of the some of the best AI generated, you know, chub porn actually has like hot chasers with them who would, you know, would be seen in public with them. What's the best? 
I guess <laughs> I'm trying to get like a got em sound effect. Tonight. Yeah, that works. I suppose that works. Got em. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, exactly what you said, Trevor. It's AI has finally made all those workaday creative jobs obsolete, <laughs> and we can just focus on the drudgery that and man horrible, was meant for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> replacing the AI's cables. <laughs> We're just replacing all chasers in porn with AI. Oh, well, some chubs would be in favor of that. <laughs> yeah but it's it's so interesting there's to an see argument this, like, for that <laughs> the the rapid fire of how this is just evolving and devolving and hurting all of our brains yeah i'm i'm sure the people listening are just as sick of hearing about ai as we are yeah you know i so, bet there's an ai that could simulate our chat about damn AI. it damn <laughs> so we have something from stat news um talking about Studies highlighting oh. the risk of excluding, I mean, it's an, a medical journal, so people with obesity <laughs> from drug trials. Okay. As we all turn to look at yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the, there's the, so the studies, basically this, the news that studies highlight the risk of excluding people with obesity from drug trials. How do we begin to unpack this? Well, oh, there, let, me, let me begin with just, duh. <laughs> yeah, duh. And let's basically there's two tracks to go down here. One is the capitalism track where the purpose of studies is not to try, is not to test the drug's safety or efficacy. The purpose of the test, because it's financed by the drug company, is to get the drug approved. So what you're <laughs> going to do is try to have a population that is most that the drug is most likely to work on and exclude yeah. the people that, yeah. you know. All right. So that's that's the capitalist track. Then there's also the science track which is that if you consider if you're you're trying to get a neutral group of people you're going to pick the people with no pre-existing conditions to see what happens to and them when they take the drug standard deviations as possible exactly yeah. and so all right and because you know obesity is the big bad boogeyman and is a shorthand for going to die tomorrow they that they, they don't have that and they also don't have you know, women, because, you know, women could have different problems than men, and we don't want to deal with that, and children, blah, blah, blah. So I, I saw a research tester explain that women were viewed as men with additional hormonal issues. Right. In testing. Yeah, yeah. Because Which they couldn't possibly impact <laughs> the study. <laughs> that was their point. Well, but that was the point. It might you, affect it. It might affect it. You, it might affect it, so we're going to remove them, so that's why we don't test on women. You know, because we don't want to, and we don't want to interview them about what if if they're if they're having their period your, and things like that. Let your doctor test the drug on you to see if it works for you, right? And so that's <laughs> that's where you get all these deviations and and side of. Uh, I mean, it's it's important to set yourself up for success <laughs> to make sure that you have all the values you need to ensure <laughs> you get the results you want. Well, that's that's what I said. That's the capitalist track, but there's also a science track, which is you want, you know, if you were testing a light, you would want a white background. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact is that, you know, you can, you take whatever you think is the standard and you say, we're only going to test it on that. And as you said, Don, you don't want any deviation from yep. that. It's I, just one it of the, like, there's so many things that we just discuss in this podcast where it's just kind of like the, I take off my glasses and I <laughs> yeah. pinch, pinch yeah. the bridge of your yeah, nose. Of my nose. <laughs> and, and it's, it's not like anyone's actively defending it. You know, it's they, everyone kind of acknowledges this is a dumb way of doing it, but it's necessary it's to get us to the market. No, it's <laughs> capitalism. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's both. There, mm -hmm. there is an argument for having a neutral whatever, and but that's the problem. You know, how do you define neutral? Yeah. And then there's the other thing of like, well, no, well, if you're going to have people should, take it, then people should be tested. There, well, and can't you just do both? No, because because the people paying for it are paying to have their drug approved. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's not just the science. It is not just. It's not even mostly the science side because you could do your initial studies on your neutral group, and then once that you know works, you could expand to diverse Mm, populations. I've I've heard it suggested before that one of the best ways to do this would be to remove testing from the uh, the corporations themselves and move it over to the FDA. But then, then, then. The amount of the cost associated the cost. with it is through the mm-hmm. roof. Yeah, you re- so the government is going to pay to have every single thing tested. See, but I say like, fine, you can submit whatever you want for testing. You're going to have to pay for the testing when the FDA does it. They have proven over time that they are the least trustworthy uh, business conglomeration to to do this. So the, the FDA, FD- no, no, the drug companies. Well, the FDA no. is. Mm, there's a lot of evidence to show that the FDA is heavily influenced by substance. There are some drug issues, companies. but yeah. I think it'll be easier to cleanse the DNA of drug industry issues than to cleanse the drug industry of capitalism issues. <laughs> it's, sci- it's science with a dollar sign for the S. <laughs> <laughs> and and the cent sign for the C. <laughs> <laughs> I contributed. I, yes, there should be there should be little little signs for this, little finger signs. For this. I mean, it's just like I feel like we're it's so obvious, and we just kind of keep seeing this pointed out, and nothing changes. Hmm. Well, I think in this case, because there's not a really there's there's not a laudable solution. Yes, there are solutions. They all have downsides. Which downside would you like? And then when you start comparing downsides, it's like, well, you know, we already got a solution with a downside. Why don't we stick with that? Mm. So I, I think that's, <laughs> I mean, at least someone, I, okay, a lot of people are I have the solution. We have to go back in time to when John Pharmaceutical was born and then shoot him. <laughs> and then <laughs> this has been a theme with you all day. Like if we could just go back in time and get rid of the instance. of <laughs> The one thing that I think should be implemented across everything is if you are being tested for something, you should not be in charge of your own testing. That's yeah. not just true of pharmaceuticals. That's true of everyone we're testing. Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, here. Now, done. now. How's this for peer review? Yes. What am I doing? Oh, it's eagle. A, it's an eagle. There's an eagle. <laughs> I missed the eagle. There it is. I can start the song Well, over. you know, it's landed. Fat Watch 2023. <laughs> That's where my brain is, Dan. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> the eagle is taking us away from disappointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? And on a journey <laughs> with uh, some of our old friends. Yeah. And I always love, I mean, Michael is saying, like, are we talking about this because the Washington Post is catching up to us? Yeah. yeah. We, basically, so, everything in this article we've already talked about on the show. But it's just which us, is why we're talking about this it. Is our it this is a victory lap. It's a validation for us that we're yeah. finally seeing the mainstream media. Oh, and I hate using that word. <laughs> yeah, the Washington Post. Using, using mass media, finally, to be addressing things that we've been talking about for three years. Mm-hmm. So- what is it that we're talking about, you may wonder. Yes, I wonder. Frustratedly, as we go on and on about ourselves and the media. Jeff Jenkins, uh, host of Never Say Never, who we've talked about a handful of times, uh, is featured in this article. They talk about his show um, as a fat man going out and living life now, exploring the world of, of um, adventure and travel. trying new things, travel. Yeah. Um, but they, it's, the whole point is that there are many people, or at least several people like him doing this, mm-hmm. despite how the travel industry is very clearly not intended to accommodate fat people. No. Um, they're going out. And so um, another person uh, mentioned is Jalen uh, uh, Cheney. Uh, who again? Who we've also talked about? Um, who has a TikTok and talks about traveling as a very fat woman, and you know some of the tips that she uses to get, you know navigate the airport and other uh, other things. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's quite it's a very 
it's a palate cleanser from the last yeah. article. It's quite positive. You know, I, I'm looking at the article and it's great. And these 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 people doing wonderful things out there in the in the in, in the world of adventure. But some of us are a little more urban. <laughs> and I would like like I was just in in Madrid for two weeks. And I'm, you know, like I would love to have Trevor with me in Madrid for two weeks. So this travel adventure that I'm speaking of is like going to a hotel in Europe and then walking to the cafe. And that is not a size-friendly experience. Mm -hmm. In in New York, it's a challenge. In parts of Europe, like a lot of Europe, all of Europe, it's really, I, I've seen cafe chairs. I was in a cafe chair in Madrid. I could barely fit in it. Because it had these arms that tapered into like oh, what a, a horrible design into a, into a twelve inch seat. <laughs> One <of the> things <laughs> I found like Las Vegas of all places surprised me as being fat unfriendly. In that, like I could what? find seats. No, I could find you seats could find and everything. Seats. Yeah, that wasn't an issue. But like the distance across some of these yeah. uh, casinos, sure. But to get from here to there, there's very little. Okay, option. so that's a good yeah. example. So in a lot of parts of the states, Vegas being the prime example, you could easily uh, rent a scooter there. Maybe you have your own scooter, and you can take your scooter through the casino. You could take your scooter down and the street. There's room in the aisles of the casino to drive it. Yeah, mm -hmm. as that opposed is to a lot of like you know, if you go to like any kind of you know uh, hole in the wall or hipster space. No way. Like you, I can't fucking no. get through. And there is no way you are driving a scooter down the sidewalk in Madrid or New York mm -hmm. or London, or I'm thinking of this of, of street in London. I think it's Shaftesbury Avenue where it's like, it's so crowded. You can barely walk on the sidewalk, <laughs> let alone get a scooter down. <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah. Well, that's and why you, I, I bring my cowboy hat <laughs> <laughs> and my air horn. And it's like, <laughs> excuse me, y'all American coming through. me. <laughs> Uh, Just bring a chaser to ride down the sidewalk <laughs> to your destination. Um, <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> well, we're, we're basically already doing our yeah, we, subject. So thank you uh, to the Washington Post for talking about the things we've already talked about. Credit us next time. Crash <laughs> landing us into our main topic. <laughs> yes. Um, what is it that we're talking about? Places that we would like to go and uh, are apprehensive about going or maybe even can't go um, as, as fat people. And what does that feel like and how do, how do you tackle those challenges? If, if we can, um, Dan's already been talking about some. Yeah. And I'm not even sure what the solution is because yeah. there are wonderful, wonderful places in Europe that have become, uh, pedestrian zones. So like you're, you're, there's no, you're not driving through the center of Paris. You're not driving through downtown Madrid because it's a pedestrian zone. Mm. You might find an occasional taxi an occasional Uber, but by and large, it's meant for walking which is great. You know, I think that's, that's great. And so I don't, it's not like I want to have a minivan pull up and so Trevor can get out. But on the other hand, how do you accommodate people who are not walking for whatever reason, not just because they're fat, but maybe they're disabled or whatever it is. So I think there, that is something that you don't see a lot of. I didn't see a lot of it in Europe and I don't see a lot of it in New York. Um, no. Yeah. Chicago. And I, you'd know better than I would. I think Chicago. Mm, not a, I mean, it depends where you are. You know, the big thing with New York is the unreliability of elevators yeah. and oh. uh, escalators Whether on the subway working. Did you see that thing? You know, last week we talked about uh, Miriam Margolis's purse. Yes. And one of the things she has in her purse, because she is, you know, she's officially deemed by the government as a disabled person, 
she has this magical and very heavy key. I saw that was That's something genius. I, two I elevators, saw. like somewhere, it's like this, it's like this fucking Hogwarts key that she's got. I thought it was to, for public restrooms. Yeah. I don't, well, public restrooms or what? But where are these <coughs> restrooms? I mean, I'm, again, I don't live in London, so I don't know. But uh, she's got this big, heavy, like secret garden key. Wow. And I'm wondering, like. Where's where's our key? All yeah. we have is a freaking handicap placard on the car. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have to say that is its own magic key. Yeah, that has the come handicap through. Placard. Oh yeah, so many times. Yeah, situations where it would have probably like ruined the excursion to not have it. I mean, when we went to the the Lizzo concert. Oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah if concerts, you, absolutely. There's a, I think there's a video of us while we were there waiting yeah. in the car, and we were parked. We got there quite early, but we were parked in a handicap spot right out front. Yes. it was so so nice. Um, and if we had to like go okay. around the stadium, well, or if Michael yeah. had had to drop you off and then leave yeah. to find parking and, it. and then try yeah. to get back, oh my, that's, it's like parking twice. And yeah. that's a big deal beyond concerts too. I've had that same experience going to like theme parks and mm-hmm. uh, oh, sure. standard like county fairs and stuff. Cause the county fair parking is always like, okay, you got to walk three miles to the fair. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of your upscale county fairs, Don, they, <laughs> they have little trams that run through the parking lot. So I uh, asked, I pulled the audience. Did you? And I asked my partner, Michael, um, <laughs> you know, what are some places that you avoid going because you're concerned about them being able to accommodate you. And here was his answer. Please hold your questions till the end. Salons slash spas, small airports with yes. public- Well, we'll go slow, place. go slow, go no, slow. I'm, I wanna read the whole list first. Booth infested restaurants, amusement parks, seasonal attractions, Halloween, Christmas events, public restrooms, medical facilities, especially cosmetic heavy ones, government offices, <laughs> zoos, friends' houses, etc. Friends' houses? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's valid. Yeah, I yeah. get that. I get I've that. had more than a few friends where like there is no chair in their house that I feel safe on. Or or, um, or bathroom. Or yeah, tiny. just yeah. Yeah, yeah, just come up. It's the third floor. Where's the elevator? We don't have one. We don't have one. <laughs> yeah. um, so salons, to top the list, salons and spas. Yes. So like that's such a, it, it's such a wonderful self-care experience to, but if you don't know that you're going to be able to yeah. get that relaxation out mm-hmm. of it, Oh God! Uh, so when we went on our cruise um, oh, last yeah. year, or I guess at the start of this year, I'm getting confused now. Time, time's flat circle. Um, so I had a, I booked a mani pedi and I booked them separately because I'm like, I, well, the the manicure I can I want to do at the start, and then I want to do like the pedicure halfway through because like we'll have had some excursions and I want to do like oh halfway through the trip. Yeah. Okay. Um, halfway through the trip so that like we can have, you know, I can have some restorative care Mm -hmm. and the chair for the pedicure was this like raised platform thing and the armrest went up, but it was a particularly like kind of rocky time at sea. So I was struggling to stay in this chair. And then also just because of like how my body is built, it is awkward to put my feet up. Like it would just be easy. Like, I've been to um, some salons where I just had like my foot extend, you know, my leg extended with my foot on the floor mm-hmm. and they just kind of bent over to do it instead of putting it on one of those wheelie platforms. Right. So it was just really like not an, a restorative experience because I was spending so much care in trying to stay in this chair and not fall over or not break something. Well, I feel like that because I feel like they do that, you know, to protect their you know, their backs if they're leaning over every time for every customer, but yeah. at least have the option if somebody needs it to do it the other way also. Yes. 
um, so that mm-hmm. you don't have to force everyone into the same, you know, round hole if they're a square peg. Yeah. One of the places that I've been afraid to go to recently is, and I've, I, I don't think it's unique to fat people, but it is one that I've definitely had my entire life is just places where I, public nudity, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. I'm expected to be naked in front of the world. Do you mean right? naked or just shirt off? I mean naked. All right. Right. How many places are those? Uh, naked uh, public beaches, uh, Korean spas, oh. um, mm. a lot of health clubs, you know, like a lot of those. Like a locker room or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like I, I'm just wildly uncomfortable with the idea of being completely naked. Yeah. Uh, especially in an area where people are focusing so much on physical fitness, right? Mm. Um, which I know is not the case at a naked beach, but it still feels that way when you're going there. Yeah. Um, but recently, and I sent uh, Trevor an article about this that maybe we may share on a future episode, but uh, there's a list of like Korean spas that around the country that are recommended for big people, oh. right? And there's one here in LA and I've recently reached out to another big friend of mine and I'm going to go to this spa for the first time and I'm terrified of it. I want to confront this fear, right? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, we're going to go through that together and he's going to hold my hand. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. great. I do want to put this out there because sometimes one of the things I, I, I find is that a lot of fat people think like, oh, it's because I'm fat. It's like, let me tell you something about locker rooms, mm-hmm. Don. As someone who's been in a lot of locker rooms. Yeah. And... uh and really high-end stuff. So I'm thinking of last time I was at Equinox. So Equinox is a very high-end, expensive gym. And in that locker room, I can tell you from a lot of experience, absolutely no man is willing to be naked in that locker room or even in the sauna. It was amazing to me because I'm kind of used to people being naked in a locker room. It's not mm-hmm. that unusual. Oh my God, the way people are like putting on their shorts under their towel Mm. on the, you know, their underwear under their towel, the way people are like looking two ways to see if anybody's up when they, before they, the amount of strategizing to never be naked among people who are absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like this is a high end, yeah. a high end expensive gym. It's not just fat people. I think it's just body shame that men have in general. I am genuinely envious of the seniors at the gym. Yeah, there you I was, go. I was going to say. Yeah, fit, like the lack of concern they have, it, it's clearly not affected. It's clearly just uh, who they are. No, and you know what it is? It's usually and freedom. And it's usually the Eastern European men. <laughs> and in my experience, it's Eastern European men who are yeah. like, yeah, I'm naked. What about it? And they're just, they are not pretty and they don't care. May everyone have the confidence <laughs> of a... 70-year-old naked man in a locker room. A 70-year-old naked man. man. Blow drying their I am so deeply envious of them. That freedom. My God, how freeing Mm -hmm. would that be? See, my concern with a Korean spa is not really being naked, but the fact that there is often a uniform that you are given, like a rental uniform. Oh, true. A robe. Not not even a robe. Sometimes it's just like a pair of shorts and a Mm t-shirt that like I would not fit in. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I'm excited about the the spa list I sent you is specifically it was written by fat people who mentioned those outfits and said they had a wide enough selection for them to wear. But see, I'm always, I'm even with a lot of fat travel stuff, I'm always dubious because it's like, okay, this person is fat. They're fatter than someone who is not fat, but like I am fatter than them. And I don't know if this will necessarily yeah. work for me. What degree, what, what range are we actually talking about? Um, yeah, and I mean, I think that's, it's not even so much, I don't mean to speak for you, but see if you agree with me on this. It's not even so much that like, oh, 
I don't fit there. Like, yeah, I'm fat, but I'm way fatter than what they, it's that not knowing. Yep. Yes. It's the, tr- it's this anxiety of like, I might, I'm, I'm going to get there and it may work. It might not work. I mean, you'd be fine if you knew it wouldn't work and you'd be fine if you knew it would yeah, work. Yeah. Cause you just yeah. move past it. Yeah. Yep. But to not know until you get there, which is so often the case in so many situations. And I have been burned before. Yeah. Like there was, it was a spa in West Hollywood. I can't remember where it was exactly, but like I, they said, Oh, like we have a robe that'll fit you. And I <laughs> knew they wouldn't. And I asked that and they're like, no, it will. And I remember the shock. It shock, did not. It did so not. I had to like keep stripping down and redressing. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, and, but I was like, so kind of like, you know, <laughs> scraped and slicked up that it was just this weird experience yeah. of like, Ugh. I'm all, you know, what? lotioned and like trying to dress on a tile floor. It's just like, I, it's frustrating. Well, and, what it reminds me of is that idea of, you know, straight sized people, you know, the fattest anyone could possibly <laughs> yes. be is 300 pounds, right? Because after mm-hmm. 300, yeah. you're just immobile. And mm-hmm. I think that's their thinking. Like, well, of course this will fit you. I mean, it fits people to up to size 36 waist. Of course yeah. it'll fit yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, so at a spa like that, I guess I could be prepped for it, right? Mm-hmm. The, the place that happened to me that I wasn't expecting it and just it wrecked my day was at the hospital. Oh, yeah. Mm, when, yeah. you know, I was there for a, a procedure. They give me the biggest robe they have and it covers everything but except, say, like eight inches across my back and my ass. Mm. Right. So, like, even though they let me keep my underwear on, I'm still like I'm walking around with my ass hanging out in a hospital mm. and I'm not happy. Right. This is not a great mental space to be in when someone's about to gas your ass and cut you open. Yeah. You know, mm. <laughs> just just provide one piece of material that's too big for anyone, you know, it's not <laughs> much to ask for. Get a sale. Get a sale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a question. This might be coming room floor. Um, so the dream where you're naked. If, I'm sure everyone's had that dream or maybe not. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The dream where you're you suddenly show up somewhere naked. And I actually don't. As, as much of the body issues that I, ha- that I have, I really, I never have a problem with that. When I had that dream where, and I'm when, I, I just want to like, like checking in with, with you all and what you think. But like when I have that dream of when I'm start naked, I'm like, my response in the dream is like, oh damn, I forgot my clothes. <laughs> it's like not traumatic. It's like annoyed. I'm mortified, not because I'm naked, which is weird because I've already talked about not being yeah, careful. Yeah. I am mortified because People will know that I was so scatterbrained it didn't occur to me to get dressed. Thank you. Mm. Yes, that's, that's exactly my, it. That's yes. my anxiety in those situations. <laughs> Isn't that weird? My, I don't mind they see me seeing my schlong. It's just <laughs> my thing is usually it's not really either of that. And it's not like people are like, oh my God, you're naked. It's like, oh, I'm naked. And like, I guess that now this is something I have to take care of. Because <laughs> it's like I'm at school and it's like, oh, and I forgot the test. And I have to try to find clothes to wear. Well, <laughs> speaking of Vegas, there's a there's an upcoming experience, I think. Uh, so from the time of recording this, we'll be in a couple days, and then we'll follow up on this later. But uh, Michael and I and a friend of ours who's also very fat and also very tall are going to the Sphere, which is the big new multi-billion dollar entertainment venue in Vegas. If you haven't heard about it, where have you been? Um, I'm sorry, there's something romantic about fat people in chases going to the sphere. sphere, exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's a whole behind-the-scenes experience, and apparently, I was a little apprehensive, but Michael did his research and set this up, and he said apparently 
they have a lot of size-friendly options. Oh, good. And particularly in the theater itself where you have all your seats, all of the seats have movable armrests, so that's a starting place. Mm -hmm. But then there are typical accessible seats where you could roll in in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. and there are size-friendly accessible seats that are bigger, wider, and have also yeah. again movable armrests. That's great. That's great. Vegas is a place I would expect them to be yeah. really mm-hmm. opening up the the ground for anyone who wants to come. Yeah. Especially when you have what is it a 20,000 seat auditorium, 15,000? I don't know it's how huge, many isn't it is. It is massive, yeah. Well, you know, it's because and it's Vegas because all they do, their entire business model of anything that exists in Vegas is servicing customers. Like you yeah. must have accessibility for your customers and your customers are from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I do when I book travel for us is invariably we look at the ADA options, Americans with Disabilities yeah. Act, and, mm-hmm. you know, so an accessible room, an accessible this or that or the other thing. And the problem is twofold. Number one, fat and disabled are not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because usually we just need, you know, we need, like if we get an ADA and an accessible room, it has a lot of accommodations and not only do we not need all of those accommodations, but some of them are actually in the way. Like we we don't need a closet with a, a, a four a three foot high uh, a closet rack. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need a doorbell that makes all the lights go on and off. <laughs> so, which is you know great that they have that, but I'm just like, we, there's no way to because well, they try to make it one size fits all. Well, or they don't. Because here's the other thing I've, I've you know like we really love a Rolian shower mm-hmm. because. Trevor doesn't have to put his foot over, doesn't have to worry about slipping. Is that what it's called? A roll-in shower? Roll-in shower. Oh, because of the wheelchair. Yeah, because basically yeah. where the floor of the shower is on the same level as the as the bathroom floor. I was gonna say, you try and roll me into a shower, we're gonna have words. Yeah. Well, okay. Trevor likes it. <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a roll-in shower. And usually the roll-in shower guarantees you a handheld shower wand. Mm-hmm. Much to say about that, but we'll skip mm-hmm. past that. But just because you get a an accessible room. And even if it says roll-in shower, they may have a different accessible room when you show up that doesn't have a roll-in shower. Right. Uh, because yeah. there is not a stand, there's not a, like at, at the Ramada down the street, they have three different styles of accessible room. Yeah. And two of them have a chair with arms. Are they actually <laughs> geared towards different needs or are they just sort of like, well, we did our best to retrofit this room. Yes. To be the handy. second, the second it's okay. that it somehow qualifies because they did something. Gotcha. And all the rooms, they didn't do the same thing. The, we were, when we uh, went to Disneyland for our anniversary oh, good, last that. month, um, they did a really good job with like rolling shower, everything, but my, the, the room was great. It was, you know, uh, I think just ADA room with Roland shower was yeah, the class. Excellent. And it's, it is the grand California. My, so it's exquisite. My only qualms were the, the sink was just a little difficult for me to use because it was designed for someone, someone who'd be using it in a wheelchair. It was brilliant. If you were in a wheelchair, if you're not in a wheelchair, then that's it's not, a little, yeah. Little wonky. And then this was the world's smallest toilet. <laughs> it was. Really? It was. And it like made me think like, I'm guessing maybe it was, Designed with a child in mind or something? No, I think it was designed to make the bathroom bigger. Oh. Maybe it was just so tiny. And like, oh. I, I, you know, had my thing. I'm like, am I just fat? But Dan was like, no, this is a very tiny It toilet. is. A, it was a, it was so petite. It was, it so, was so petite. Uh, on the, on the plus side, it was not attached to the wall. So you yes. didn't have to worry about knocking it off. I, I, 
I have heard stories of this happening to people. It is my greatest fear. The toilet getting ripped off the wall. Right. Me on it. So there are toilets that aren't mounted on the ground. Yeah. They are just yeah. stuck They're mounted into the wall. To the wall. And, with a gap underneath. And why you would do that is so you can clean underneath. You never have to clean behind the toilet. Yeah. It's just one smooth surface of floor. Mm. There was a moment recently where I... <laughs> I was in, it was a public restroom with a wall-mounted toilet, and there was like an audible groan <laughs> oh, no. when I sat on it, And I, but it was also, you know, the handicap stall, so I was kind of like bracing myself. Yeah, that sound that they use. God, the, like when the Trevor, that's a nightmare. It's like, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. No, I'm thinking of Jodie Foster in, in Contact, where it's like the whole room is rattling. Okay to go. I'm okay to go. Okay to go. Should have said a poet. That is that has been my nightmare in my lifetime. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Um, on the other hand, I think you do take some pleasure in like, well, if I do knock it off, it's gonna be their fault. Yeah, lawsuit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is my I broke my leg sitting yeah. on your toilet. Uh, my uh, my uh, wall mounted toilet lawsuit money. Oh, remember when you did tear the the hell out of that? Oh uh, god. That wall-mounted um, the bench, at the uh, shower, shower bench, the wall bench. wall-mounted shower oh. bench, which is very, very common. Very, you almost never get a shower bench that sits on the floor. Because how could a it folds down person a with a wheelchair possibly be fat? Well, it's just that idea that, and, and like we were even looking into this one thing in Europe where they had they had uh, uh, handicap accessible tours. But again, in Europe, their idea of handicapped is you weigh you weigh some, somewhere between hundred and one hundred and fifty pounds. And you're even smaller than a normal sized person. Yeah. And your wheelchair is smaller than a normal sized person. And everything is just tiny, tiny, tiny. Here's a thought. Uh, tell me what you think about this. So assuming it's, a, you know, a roll-in shower, we, you know, we have to start there. Yeah. Um, is there such thing as a, you know, waterproof, like portable, like stool or bench that there, you could bring so in I with was, you? I you was, should ask. Okay. There are... <laughs> Shower benches that aren't great to travel with, but you could. I guess they'd be bulky. Well, no, there's some that are plastic and like collapsible, not in the way that, you know, <laughs> other pieces of furniture are collapsible oh, when you. Accidentally collapsible. <laughs> um, no, I was thinking about like for when, you know, we're going to be in New York currently when this <laughs> releases. Um because I don't know what the well, I know I have a roll-in shower, but I don't know what the bench ledge situation yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can assume it's not what you need. Yeah, I don't know, but I was thinking of like I could get that and then give it to one of our new well, hotels. Again, hotels don't like to don't like to put stuff in a room that people can take. So, yeah, right. one of the reasons they like the the, the fold down bench is no one's going to steal the fold down bench if you put an actual bench in yeah. there people are going to walk off of it especially yeah. if it's a good one what if there was yeah. a oh i like this i need one at home that like <laughs> provided things like this so you didn't have to travel with them much like scooters and you could just do like a full service like traveling in you're they, in town and you're fat you know come here and you'll get all of the supplies you may need to get you through experience that you don't want to bring with you fatty fats fat house well <laughs> one of the things that i'd be curious about is we have covered like resorts in the caribbean and stuff that are exclusively for larger customers oh that was a long time ago so i'd be really curious to see what they're i still like. think that's a murder island it probably <laughs> is you know well we've never seen There's it some, right i mean like, it's so does it really exist it's called the island it's owned and operated <laughs> by buffalo bill yeah. <laughs> it's it just everything about it just seems like oh, this is scary. <laughs> I have a, I still have a few things that I would love to do that I have irrational fears about related to weight. Yeah. So like 
one thing one thing I've always wanted to do is take a hot hot air balloon ride. Right? Oh, oh they won't let you. you can no, they probably would. I'm sure they would. Yeah, I am terrified of standing in one of those baskets because I'm convinced I will just bust through the bottom oh, and fall no, out to my death. No. Mm. This is an irrational fear. No. I stated that in the beginning, but not to your death. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many more rational yeah, fears. I'm gonna fall to through, and my <laughs> shoulders are gonna get stuck. And it's just gonna be my ass and legs dangling exactly. out the bottom of the basket. Exactly. You know? and your pants it's are gonna just fall a down. Propane tank in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with that. Um, or, or biking, right? Like I would love to take a bicycle ride. I don't trust the idea of sitting on a bicycle seat because they look very small and I have a lot of weight pressing down on True. Them. Although, you know, one of the things we do is Trevor and I travel with a, uh, a, a portable shower wand, but it's basically, I guess, just a cheaper version of what we have at home. Yeah. So when you get a... Um, a handheld shower in almost any hotel, it has this daisy head, which is matte, which is big. And one of the things you want to do if you're, if you're really fat is you want to be able to get the wand in your folds mm-hmm. because the, to have to lift the fold to put a big sunflower there is not exactly convenient. So we, we travel with that. And I'm, I think there should be a way that you could travel with, I mean, hate saying this, a bicycle seat. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in an airplane. That could be deemed by the TSA as a weapon. Fat-friendly bicycle seats? Oh, of course they they do. do. No, of course they they do. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, if you were going to drive somewhere or if you just wanted to rent a bike here in in, in Hollywood or to see how that is, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there are some very fat-friendly seats. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah. Um, So we touched on... Well, we didn't really touch. We glossed over friends' houses. Oh, yes. yeah. And I, I kind of want to circle back to that just before we wrap up because I feel like that of all of these things that we've talked about, that is the one that is most actionable. That yes. You could, yes. You could yes. do something about or fix. I think maybe this could be a good main topic of like okay. making your so home fat friendly. Yeah. Okay. And maybe we'll even do that for next week's episode because we don't have a main topic yet. Yay. All so, right. Well, hold that thought, listener. Keep it uh, so I think we should, because there's a lot to say about this. And I think um, we maybe we'll try to hold off because maybe people might have tips about things, how they can make uh, their homework. I think that's a great idea. If or, any of listeners out there would like to chip in something for the future episode, we'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to hear from listeners either what you would love to see in, in your friend's apartment or what they do have that is a godsend for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, some apartments are just small. So how do you make the most of that space without excluding people? Yeah. Or what you've done in your own apartment. That sounds like something we could use for some future tips. But today, we have a do we have a different We tip? do have a tip and we're Ooh. keeping the travel theme going. And even just like Jaylen, because uh, NAFA for our webinar series is doing a webinar on supersized travel with a uh, unique Gibson who's at Juicy Peaches ATL on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, and Jalen Cheney, uh, J- you know, who is at J Bay official on Thursday, November 9th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Mm, that's coming um, up. If you can't make it live, the uh, webinar will be recorded and released later. On the NAFA website? Yes. Uh, well, nice. on NAFA's YouTube channel. Ah. Um, you know what I want to hear about? I want to hear about the whole airport navigation because the plane is almost the easy part compared to the airport. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Bitland. Well, today, since we were talking about places we're afraid to go, 
I figured I'd collect a small list of places where everyone should be afraid to go. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Texas. Florida and Texas are kind of gimmies. So we're going to go slightly more exotic locations. All right. In the Bay of Bengal, between India and Thailand, there is a tiny spot of land called the North Sentinel Island. Currently, it's illegal to go to this island due to the frequent deaths of people who shipwrecked near the island. The most recent death occurred in 2018 when an American tourist died on the beach of the island after singing hymns for a couple hours. Oh, dear. Okay. Why do people keep dying on North Sentinel Island? One, the jungle on the island is supposedly inhabited by a modern-day dinosaur that most of these deaths are attributed to. (laughs) Multiple patches of brittle volcanic rock cover active pools of lava on the island. That's good. good. That occasionally people keep falling through. Mm. That is. Three, the island's natives had one bad experience too many with the outside world and decided to just kill anyone who comes to their shore. That's believable. Or four, the reason why people die on the island is completely unknown. (gasps) People simply keel over after being on the beach after a, a period of time. A short that, period that, of time. That's my answer. Number four. What was the third one again? Mystery. Third one is the island's natives had one bad experience too many and now just kill anyone who show up. Oh, it's probably wrong and overthinky, which makes it my answer. The lava rock that shatters. <laughs> lava, sh- shattering that's lava rock. That's such a good trap it's idea a, for D&D. It really yeah. is that there's some sort of like fake obsidian floor. Mm-hmm. It's really warm in here, but you're not sure why. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so you're going with that one? I have to. Which you're going for the completely the unknown one? Four. I'm going to say four. Michael? Mystery. Mystery. Well, in fact, the correct answer is the island's natives had one bad experience too really? many. Oh, and they man. will kill your ass if you come there. So I look, I don't blame them. There have been multiple stories about like fishing boats that have like washed up there and then just the people got out of the boat and were just killed on the spot. Multiple shipwrecks uh, of like people over 80 groups of 80 just being wiped out when they got there. You know, that is, that is one solution to gentrification. And the most recent guy who died was an American tourist who went there as a missionary. Oh, went there and defied everyone stood on the beach and sang hymns at them. Uh They chased him off twice. He went back and they (laughs) finally killed him. So uh, yeah, North Sentinel <laughs> Island, Dude. not a great tourist destination. Oh, yeah. All right. But a hell of a place to evangelize. Yes. <laughs> All right. The Star Mountain Range of Papua New Guinea is a majestic range of mountains in Indonesia that to this day have never successfully been explored. Uh, the, the last major attempt to explore them occurred in 1959 when a Dutch colonial civil servant made the attempt, which ended badly. What happened? One. Terrible weather smashed the two helicopters he brought along, grounding the entire expedition in the middle of nowhere and forcing them to walk back to civilization. Mm. Two, a gigantic bird that the locals call the Amiachoka, a flying predator to have a 30-foot wingspan, apparently flew off with the expedition's guide. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the team died of starvation before they could be rescued. (laughs) Three, A nighttime avalanche buried the group's vehicles one night, though not one member of the expedition was hurt. They were forced to leave the area on foot, but some team members claimed they were following fresh markers that led them out of the area, though they never saw who made them. Or four, 
No one knows the entire expedition <laughs> was never seen again. Wait, so where was this again? Uh, this is in Papua New Guinea ah. in the Star Mountain Range. Hmm. I want to go with the Jurassic Park one, but I'm going to say for that. No, no one knows. No one knows. Wasn't that your last down. Time? Yeah, yeah, he's doubling down on the mystery. Um, I'm gonna say the avalanche. Avalanche the, was the, the avalanche the one where they were like left breadcrumbs to get out? Yeah, yeah, that's what, the, that's what I want. Okay, we we have two hopeful optimists here, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. thinking that a beneficent force in the woods might rescue them, but and nobody no, got hurt. No, in fact, Mother Nature hates everyone who steps into this mountain range. It's the wettest. It's one of the wettest places on Earth. Yeah. The storms are so bad. That the last time they tried to go there and they brought helicopters, the helicopters were just swatted out of the sky wow. and smashed. Oh, By the gods. Yes. So basically, this is a place that no one has ever successfully explored. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> no white people have ever successfully explored. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't say anything about native peoples there. But, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. All right. Our final question of the day. Portlock, Alaska. Portlock. 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 One like, word, Portlock. Okay, not open port, but Portlock. 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 Portlock, Alaska. <laughs> Portlock, Alaska. Potlark. Was a remote <laughs> hunting, mining, and logging town until the 1940s. It was extremely remote and difficult to reach with no roads or air travel possible. The only way on or off the place was by boat. Oh, I think okay. it was a subway. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite that, the town was almost completely abandoned over the span of six years. Emptied out. In 1950, the population had dropped to one. Oh. The postmaster of Portlock stayed at his post. Oh, dear. For a full year after everyone else had left. What did he do? He didn't he have any letters to deliver. <laughs> oh, he, it, th- this, is, this is like totally the setup to a, a like a Lovecraftian horror tale. <laughs> where like he's the one who's out there like keeping watch against the Lovecraftian horrors coming in. You know, from down from the north. He has published some materials, or rather some materials have been published of interviews with him of his experiences there. But uh, the big question today is why did everyone abandon the town of Portlock, Alaska in the span of five years? Lovecraftian horror's final answer. One. (laughs) One. Bigfoot was spotted in the area. Close. Close. Two. The town was haunted. A mysterious woman in black could be seen crawling out of a nearby cliffside where she would sit glued to the side of the mountain, screaming for hours. Jesus. He Nights was the on woman. end. Uh, <laughs> he scared Before them off. she could be seen visibly crawling back inside the, the, the solid rock. Get it, queen. Yes. <laughs> Three. A series of grisly murders happened in the woods around the town again and again. Wow. Though most deaths involved only a few people at a time, the most noticeable was when a group of eight hunters went out into the woods to find the source of the deaths and were found ripped limb from limb down the brook a short distance away from the town. (laughs) (laughs) Or four, Native Americans in the area warned warned that the area was cursed and refused to trade with anyone living there. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Okay, we're going with American Native American. Oh, trade. was that the last one? That's the last one. Okay. When? What year was this? Did uh, it was the late 1950s. 1940s. By okay. 1950, everyone had left. I think the ripped limb from limb horror. Ripped limb from limb murders. Horror. Yeah. Okay. I want to say the the wraith woman just because it's like yes, mama. Okay. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> Literally. Going with the Native Americans. I'm going with the Native Americans. Okay. We'll trade with those people. All right. We've got the correct answer is. All of the goddamn above. What? Oh, oh. What the murders the in the woods were attributed to Bigfoot. 
uh, because basically people, uh, part of the, the history written on this is that the deaths didn't start until hunters started going out and really poaching animals. Mm. And then the death started happening. Interesting. So the place was abandoned by 1950. There are multiple books written about it. A reality show <gasps> came out two years ago on Discovery about a group of people going to this town and living in the ruins oh, for a while. Oh. And currently, people are discussing resettling it to reopen the mine. Yes. So uh, we this might is such a good setup for a fucking Lovecraftian horror. Isn't it though? Reopen the mine. What about the Balrog? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I do have a good, I, if they ever make a new movie about that, about the postmaster who stayed at his post, mm -hmm. I do have a title for them. Oh. What is it? Dead Letter Office. Oh, that's Ooh. good. I like Ooh. that. That's very good. So wait, so did, what did he do if no one was there? He was contractually <laughs> obligated to stay there to get his pay and his final bonus. The, the postmaster had to man the post until the post office was officially closed. Ooh, That's you, government well, for you. You want to know okay, who I just pictured in this role? I can't. I just lost. I would say Bill David Man. Harbour. Oh, oh. this is kind of like, oh, like he's like, this is awesome. Of, he's uh, like cracking a beer. I like yours better. I had Joaquin Phoenix in my Oh, head. I okay. had Bill Macy. Who, who's oh, the guy? Who, who, who's the guy, the fat guy that did the Clint Eastwood movie? Oh, um, three names. Paul Walter Hauser. Hauser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would also that. be good. Yeah, I could see him doing that. So, dear listener, have you ever been a postmaster alone at a, a haunted village for a full year by yourself, dodging Bigfoot as he's trying to rip you limb from limb? I'm Don. Who hasn't? Trevor, where could they tell us about that experience? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Spotify, too. Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Maybe, maybe, maybe you are the postman in Portlock, Alaska, oh. and you just got the sweetest gig. You just <laughs> sit around, go through mail, read catalogs, but there is a mysterious figure that comes at night. She crawls out of a home and she works, baby. It's Michael in drag as spooky lady shadow girl. And he says, Sashay away. Yeah. <laughs>